Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, Alafia. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you. So, um, Steve, he actually shares with us his uh, his sensitivity about the vegetarian diet. And if I may take a moment to share with you his words, he states that as the meatless diet has grown in popularity over the years, a number of books have been written on this subject. And some of these explore the health reasons behind vegetarianism and point out how a vegetarian diet can help prevent heart attacks, strokes, cancer, diabetes, and other diseases. He says that some books focus on the ecological uh, world food and economic aspects of a meatless diet and show how to enjoy a gourmet nutritional diet without having to spend a lot of money. And others describe how a plant kingdom is the primary source of vital nutrients and how vegetarian diets provide more than enough of the proteins and vitamins and minerals that we need each day. Still, other books consider many of the ethical, moral, and philosophical reasons behind the vegetarian diet. For few works, however, have ever attempted to tackle this difficult subject of vegetarianism and the world religions. And that's what Food for the Spirit has brought to us. It's basically the first book to do so with depth and clarity. So, indeed, uh, my wife and I have been vegetarians. I have been a vegetarian for over 35 years, and my wife going on over 14 years. And um, this is recent. As of the last year, we have um, delved into the area of, of vegan diet. Not a full-fledged vegan diet, but we tried to incorporate a vegan diet which um, for about maybe two or three days out of the week at times. And occasionally we might go for uh, a half a day or so with just raw vegetables. Uh, and that's something that we're still working on and, and, and uh, moving into very slowly. And we find that we, the more that we do this in terms of eating whole, uh, whole life foods that are uncooked, then indeed we feel better, we have more clarity, and we know that our body um, isn't impressed by that. Uh, there's an acronym or a, uh, an adage that I learned some 40 plus years ago when I started training to run marathons um, in a local park here in, in, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, Prospect Park. And the elders that I would run with occasionally would tell me that, you know, they felt so good, and many of them were vegetarians. And one of the things that they shared with me, which has always remained in my psyche, was the expression that the body keeps score. Uh, and what that means basically is that what you eat today, you can benefit from not only tomorrow, uh, the next following days, the week, the months, but even years from now, you can uh, see the benefits of you having a, a healthy diet in terms of my wife and myself, a vegetarian diet. And you can reap the benefits and uh, 
withdraw uh, the deposits that you made years ago, which will uh, help you to age slower, uh, to, to be more vigorous in, 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 in your age. And, and in my case, I feel uh, at times 20 to 30 years younger than my actual age. Uh, the same with my wife. Uh, she feels a lot younger than her age. So, you know, this is not hyperbole, as it were. Uh, it's basically something that we have experienced personally. And uh, with, with humility, I give thanks that I'm able to uh, sit here and, and speak with a certain degree of assurance that indeed becoming a vegetarian or vegan is the way to go. Um, in the following weeks, we'll be covering, as the title of the show explains or uh, describes, Food for the Spirit, a Vegetarian uh, and World Religion Orientation of Being Healthy, of Having a Diet. Uh, actually, I like to call it a livid as opposed to a diet, uh, to use the pun, that we're eating to live and not eating to die. That should be the primary uh, cause for us uh, consuming food. Unfortunately, though, however, many of us are eating foods that will more or less accelerate our demise, accelerate our uh, leaving uh, this earth school. So there's a lot to say about how those of us who practice the various religions, whether it be Christianity, Islam, uh, uh, Judaism, uh, Sikhism, Buddhism, or Hinduism, just to name a few, that uh, in those various traditions, there is a group uh, who practice vegetarianism. And in some of those religions, uh, basically the majority of the community who uh, practice the, that religion, uh, one of the above that I mentioned, they practice a vegetarian diet as a way of life. So then there are those, such as in Judaism and Islam, uh, they might not have the vegetarian diet as a predominant um, food uh, practice, consumption practice. However, they do not engage in eating uh, animal uh, flesh or meat without going through certain rituals, uh, such as in the Islamic community, uh, there's a word called halal, which means that they actually go through the raising of, of the animals, whether it be a cow or a goat or a lamb, and they have a humane way of raising these animals. And also they have a humane way of, um, of, of killing the animals. If not, the word I guess you would use would be, would be a slaughter. They engage in, in, in a specific prayer and a specific level of reverence to the, to the animal uh, before they uh, uh, just take its life away and then cook it and consume it. And that holds true also in, in the Jewish community in which they have the word which is known as kosher. Uh, they go through a whole procedure that's very reverent and very spiritual with regard to their relationship with the animal in which they slaughter and eventually consume. So, indeed, uh, there's a lot to say that how we've been moved away uh, uh, 
throughout the world, and specifically in the Western world, uh, which is oriented, uh, we gave birth to what is known as fast food. Uh, you know, we want to have instant gratification uh, without any reference, uh, reverence rather, to the food itself. And it doesn't have to just be an animal. It can be a vegetable or a fruit. You know, we should be cognizant. We should be mindful of the fact that there's life in all of these entities. Uh, so, indeed, you know, I'm just uh, so thrilled and, and excited about the prospects of engaging in this subject, and I look forward to uh, in future shows. We're going to have another show next Sunday. Uh, I will probably make it earlier during the day. I will indicate on my uh, website, I'm sorry, on my page in Facebook and other medium that you are able to contact with me um, in terms of the exact time. So with that being said, um, I'd like to just share something with you from uh, the book Food for the Spirit by uh, Stephen Rosen. Uh, and, hon, if you'd like to interrupt at any time, you know, feel, feel, feel free to share your thoughts. Stephen says that people have been eating animals since at least the Ice Age, when some anthropologists say our early ancestors abandoned a plant-oriented diet in favor of one containing meat. And the custom of meat eating has continued to be uh, to this present day. Through necessity, as with the Eskimo and, and habit or conditioning, most of all, the practice has been continued due to the lack of awareness. Now, he states that through necessity, and if I may just chime in, that yes, necessity, from what I understand from other readings that I engaged in, was that some parts of the world in which early man was living in, in Africa, that the terrain, especially within the desert uh, surroundings, it, it, it wasn't uh, uh, likable that you would find vegetation in abundance. And so they had to uh, uh, utilize the, the, the means of uh, killing an animal that, that ate vegetation. And from that uh, animal, they would be able to get their nutrients, their vitamins and minerals. Uh, as such, and that was out of necessity. Uh, now, we have to be mindful that indeed we, we find ourselves sometimes doing things out of necessity, and then uh, once it's not necessary, we continue the habit. And that's something that we are finding ourselves with uh, that dilemma uh, today uh, here in the United States and all parts of the world with the pandemic. Many of us are being forced to reevaluate uh, how we sustain our body, what types of food we eat, because we understand that those of us that are mature uh, adults understand that, like we know that a baby, uh, before it's born actually, when it's inside the mother, uh, that the mother has to have a certain diet in order to give birth to a healthy baby. And then once the child is born, that child has to be fed uh, a certain diet so that it can uh, be able to grow a, 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 to the fullest of its ability to be healthy and maximize its, uh, its, its brain growth and other parts of the body. Unfortunately, that knowledge has, is, 
it has been lost, but I think now that we are forced to uh, reevaluate how we exist, what we eat, again, relating to the pandemic, understand that the bottom line is that if your immune system is weak, then indeed you're more susceptible to be infected by the virus, and if you are infected, that you might have a difficult time fighting it off if you have a poor uh, an unhealthy immune system. And how do you acquire a healthy immune system? By eating the proper foods. And what are those foods? For the most part, they're veg- vegetables and fruits. And even fasting is incorporated with that, along with uh, drinking uh, uh, a substantial uh, amount of water. I've heard that at least uh, eight glasses a day, and some schools have thought they have the, uh, the, the, the findings that half your body weight in ounces is sufficient amount of water to drink. And I must also, at this point, uh, share with you that uh, the, the fact that I'm not a doctor, neither is my wife, we're not a medical doctor, um, we're basically sharing information with you uh, that uh, benefits us, and that anything that you hear on this station, on this program, uh, episode that you consult with your doctor before incorporating any information into your lifestyle. Uh, with that being said, I would just like to say that it's, it's been a journey for my wife and I for the last what, year and a half, or going on a year and a half, I would say, that uh, we have really benefited from our diet, from, from our, uh, 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 our habits in terms of uh, our lifestyle with the foods that we consume because of the fact that we find ourselves not having to go. I, actually, I must go back to, say, the second week of uh, the, the, the lockdown in terms of people being instructed not just to wear a mask but to stay home. And then if you'd left home to uh, practice uh, safe uh, uh, distancing, and uh, we found ourselves going to a, a wholesale market to purchase produce. And we had to wait online. And we found that sometimes uh, the line would stretch more than a half a block around uh, the, the venue that we were shopping at. And when we got inside, we found that most people were buying meat. They were uh, running down the aisles to, to purchase meat products. Uh, chicken and uh, ham and and beef and so forth, along with uh, 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 sanitary uh, sanitizing towels and uh, uh, Clorox sprays and uh, hand uh, disinfecting uh, products and so forth, and it was really horrendous. Is the word I, I, that comes to my mind. But we, would, we didn't suffer as much in terms of the, the panic, if you will. You know, we needed our toilet paper and paper towels and those essentials, but we found that by being vegetarians that we were able to go to the produce department and at our leisure uh, choose amongst the, the various vegetables and fruits that were available, uh, and very fresh for that matter. And needed, just needed to say the expense wasn't as much as one can imagine from loading a cart 
uh, with uh, with meat products, etc. Now that was compounded with a lot of people who were not able to go to work, either they were laid off, or if not furloughed. So that was a panic situation for a lot of those of us who were meat eaters. Uh, we didn't have that inconvenience, and uh, thank God. So we find ourselves now dealing with uh, a second or third surge with so-called Delta variant, and we have to remain very uh, uh, alert in terms of not having to repeat the same scenario that we had to go through a year and a half ago. Um, so that's even more of a reason to consider, if not becoming a vegetarian, to actually perhaps make a day, two, or three days out of the week to have a meatless diet and to do your research. Uh, I will be sharing, uh, uh, Dr. Gray and I will be sharing information in future episodes about certain diet, um, certain um, recipes that we fought embraced. And then you can also take the liberty to go to YouTube and then just insert keywords, uh, vegetarian diet, vegan diet, and a, uh, a plethora of, of videos will uh, come up that should be very informative and, um, and uh, allow you to really do your own due diligence uh, and research so that you can make a, an, an intelligent decision with regard to uh, embracing a vegetarian or a vegan diet. So with that being said, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the show is going to be in half an hour. Uh, we have nine minutes to go. And uh, at that point, at this point rather, I'd like to uh, uh, take a short break, and I'll be back with you momentarily. Remains are eaten, 
An average person living today in the United States, Canada, or Australia consumes over 200 pounds of meat a year, while per capita meat consumption in Western Europe follows uh, close behind. And also, in order to satisfy our demand for meat, more than 4 billion cattle, calves, sheep, hogs, chickens, ducks, and turkeys are slaughtered each and every year. The meat consumed by an average American or Canadian involves a slaughter of approximately 11 cattle, one calf, three lambs and sheep, 23 hogs, 45 turkeys, 1,100 chickens, and some 862 pounds of fish. That amount of pain inflicted upon these creatures in order to provide meat for our pleasure is beyond calculation. And in addition, animals raised for uh, the slaughter consume huge quantities of valuable grains and legumes and food that could otherwise feed millions of starving people uh, around the world. For those, and, and actually for these and other reasons, many are turning to vegetarianism. In America alone, there are now some 10 million vegetarians. And as the meatless diet has grown in popularity over the years, a number of books have been written on the subject. And some of these explore the health reasons behind vegetarianism and point out how a vegetarian diet can help prevent heart attacks, strokes, cancer, diabetes, and other diseases. Some books also focus on the ecological world food and economic aspects of a meatless diet and show how to enjoy great meals, gourmet nutritional meals without having to spend a lot of money. And others describe how the plant kingdom is the primary source of vital nutrients and how vegetarian diets provide more than enough of the proteins, vitamins, and minerals that we need each day. Still other books consider many of the ethical, moral, and philosophical reasons behind the vegetarian diets. And few works, however, have ever attempted to tackle this difficult subject of vegetarianism and the world religions. So therefore, I really am excited that Food for the Spirit, that's the title of the book, Food for the Spirit is the first book to do so with depth and clarity. So, drawing from the wealth of original religious documents and texts and, and etc., Stephen Rosen takes us on a fascinating journey back into the time to explore the essential and often misunderstood roots of the world's major religious traditions. He also assists us in, in discovering how vegetarianism was cherished as part of their philosophy and practice. He carefully examines and exposes many of the myths about Buddha, uh, the prophet Muhammad, praises be upon him, and Jesus Christ, which has long been used to justify meat-eating on religious grounds. Food for the Spirit clearly shows that religious compassion was meant to be all-encompassing, directed towards animals as it is towards humans. And in religious discussions, diet, like sex, is a controversial issue. 
unlike other books which are either overly emotional or, or gloss over important materials of doctrine, food for the spirit probes carefully and logically into the depths of each issue and explores its subject with honesty, clarity, and precision. And this makes the book easy to read, and if also one is uncomfortable, many of the issues discussed in the solemn pages are considered sacred and have remained unquestioned by religiousness for centuries. So, indeed, I thank you again for tuning in tonight, and I'm looking forward to us furthering uh, having a, a robust and insightful discussion about food for the spirit and for you to be tuning in and hopefully uh, share our show with your family and friends and associates. And please, again, feel free to call in. And again, as I must say, the show is archived and you will have access to it at any time, 24-7. Thank you again. And we close by giving thanks to the Most High, to our ancestors, to all of the entities that guide and protect us. And I wish all of you peace and love, prosperity and wellness.